breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. And as we are thumbing through the issues of everyday importance, uh, particularly as it relates to some of the issues that uh, the mainstream media refuse to cover or even talk about, uh, the life issue continues to be one of those things, even in the post-Roe era and uh, the, the Dobbs aftermath, it continues to be something that I think is going to be a bigger issue now than it was before. And a number of years ago, I authored a book called The Kind of Man Every Man Should Be. It's all about helping men take responsibility for what they need to in life. And one of the arguments I made in that book was that the modern-day feminist movement, uh, the, the modern-day feminists, different than the classic feminists, I'm a classic feminist, I'm a 1920s feminist, I want women to own property and to vote and to do all that stuff. Um, but in the 1960s, 70s, early 80s uh, feminism, it wasn't about men and women being equal. It was about being uh, replaceable, being substitutable for one another. And they're just not. And we see that in a lot of different ways. Uh, but with that kind of in mind that men and women are different and they have different approaches to different issues, the good folks at the policy, uh, the uh, Center for Human Dignity at the Family Research Council have put together uh, something that I think is going to be handy for uh, this conversation going forward. And it's simply called A Man's Guide to Standing for Life, co-written by Mary Zock and Joy Stockbauer. Joy joins us now. Hello, Joy. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. You got it. Um, the overall need for why you felt like this had to be written was what? Well, we felt like, you know, the conversation surrounding abortion in our country has been so often driven by, as you mentioned, these narratives of feminism, which are often, you know, seeking to exclude men from the conversation and seeking to tell them, you know, your opinion doesn't matter. Your ethical convictions don't matter in this conversation because abortion only impacts women. Um, and of course, this isn't true. You know, first, fundamentally, just because the unborn child could be male or female, but also because it takes two to make a baby. Um, every unborn child has so many men in his or her life who are impacted by their life and by their abortion if, if that unfortunately happens. And so we wanted to create a resource to equip men to feel like they can confidently step into this conversation and that they can confidently stand up for their values while hopefully dodging, you know, potentially appearing uh, like they lack compassion or as if they're trying to be disrespectful to women. You know, it's I, I really struggle with this concept because um, and I'm just dropping the curtain here, being very uh, transparent as as a man who is a proud father who believes desperately in the issue of life and believes uh, mightily how important it is um i just want to shake these dunderheads and say hey do the right thing you you can you can summarize the entire uh, need and and methodology for men standing up for life in the phrase do the right thing uh, whether it's uh, taking responsibility for your sexual activity that leads to uh, pregnancy or standing with a woman who, uh, once she is pregnant, um, is in the middle of that quandary and has different voices coming at her. I just feel like there's so much common sense in the biblical approach of doing the right thing by way of, uh, you know, what is right in the scenario that would summarize it. Is that is that an oversimplification of what could be seen as the man's role? You know, I don't think so. I think that uh, I think that in our culture, the man's role has been changed in so many ways, not only related to the abortion issue, but, you know, on every on every issue, you know, we've elevated women's voices so much to the point that 
men's voices are often drowned out on important topics like this, particularly when anything related to gender or the family enters the picture. Um, and so I think in these instances, you know, the abortion industry, of course, has a massive investment in pushing men out of the conversation because the husband or the boyfriend or the father of the child is the person most likely to influence the mother's decision to abort. And so right. if we can silence that person, then it's far more likely that the woman is going to be drawn in by the abortion industry because, you know, she feels like there's no one who's going to stop her. And so why would she not go have that abortion? If, if the father doesn't care enough about the child to stop that abortion, then why wouldn't she just go have it? Um, so I think in these instances, it really is, it's on one hand, the men abdicating their responsibility to speak up, but it's also the abortion industry actively working to silence them. I, I totally get that. And I was being a little bit facetious in my question because I do know that there are different uh, forces at work there. But if I, if I could pull all men aside in kind of a, a coach's huddle and, you know, in the locker room before taking the field, I would say, gentlemen, uh, we're the one, we're the difference makers here. Um, the, as you mentioned, most women seek the abortion because of the influence of a man who is relatively uh, close to them, whether it be a father who's ashamed of his daughter's actions, whether it be a boyfriend who's trying to evade responsibility, whether it be a husband who just doesn't want uh, that next child. These are oftentimes the overriding voices. And I say overriding because there's something inside the woman that in, instinctively, intuitively knows that this baby is not only uh, a living person, but someone that she's going to desperately love and cherish if she's if she brings it into life. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think that uh, that was part of what we were seeking to do in uh, evaluating the different relationships that men can have, because, you know, it's not only being the father of the child that puts you in a position to stand for that child's life. You know, as you mentioned, you can be the father of the mother um, and still play a massive role in her life by saying, you know, maybe the husband, maybe the the father of your child isn't going to step up to the plate, but I can fill that role. You know, I can step in as the grandfather and I can be the father that your child needs, you know, fill that role of male leadership and fill that role of you know, giving them a mentor that a child needs. And so I think when women are able to see that there's someone who will fill that role, um, it helps them feel like they're not going through it alone. And men in many different positions in relationships to the mother are able to do that. Um, so that was something we wanted to draw attention to as well. Well, I appreciate the uh, the thoughtful process here in uh, doing what you're doing. And uh, I, I, you know, facetiously, again, uh, playing the devil's advocate, say, you know, men, just just use common sense here. Stand up and do the right thing. If you do the right thing, you'll not only be protecting uh, women in that process, you'll be protecting uh, that baby as well. And we all know that uh, that's that's what it takes to to stand up for life and to protect life and to uh, uh, laud life. If people want to get this this man's guide for standing for life, where do they go, Joy? They can go to frc.org slash pro-life men, um, and there you'll find the full publication. We also have an excerpt that pulls out specifically for um, fathers, um, just because we felt like that was the most pressing situation. Um, so you can find an easy, short resource there if you are a father who is seeking to um, persuade and encourage your child's mother to choose life. Yeah. Well, I would uh, encourage people to check it out and um, just give a, a brief plug for the mission for the uh, Center for Human Dignity. What are you guys trying to accomplish at that section of the FRC? 
Absolutely. So we're taking a biblical worldview and we're evaluating the policy issues and ethical dilemmas surrounding uh, human dignity specifically. So this encompasses abortion. It also encompasses pornography, human trafficking, um, reproductive technology, any any matter of human dignity. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we craft policy arguments from a biblical worldview, and then we seek to educate legislators and the American public on how to approach these issues from a biblical worldview and, you know, incorporating scripture as we do so. I appreciate your approach to that. And as a former FRC um, alum, uh, please give Tony my best the next time you see him. Absolutely. Will do. All right. It's Kevin McCullough. She's Joy Stockbauer. If you want more information, go to frc.org, frc.org. Kevin, coming right back from New York. Stay here. 